I remember coming to your house on Easter, and I planned on leaving church. I just didn't want to. I was really unsure. I just, this is probably the only time that I ever wrote a message. I was comfortable. I was ready. And I had, usually I deal with really bad anxiety until the minute I'm up here, and I deal with it through the whole entire time, too. And this is the one time that I didn't have that problem. You know what I mean? And a uh, little testimony. But um, God had a different plan. So let us pray. Father, I come before you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for Gateway and all what they do. And it's all for you. And um, just use me today as a willing sacrifice. Refine me in this moment. Just take control. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. I wasn't sure what I was going to really share at first. Um, I usually like to try and get personal. I don't like to just read a story in the Bible. Um, I want it to be real, you know, because uh, I don't want to waste your time. I know you're all tired. I know I'm tired, and it's uh, not what it's about. So, um, if there's anything in this season right now in my life, um, it's always there, but never usually this bad. Um, that is really trying to conquer me. It's faith. Um, and I'm sure you all deal with the same thing between wintertime being here. Um, we're all in seasonal businesses. Uh, we have the fear of the unknown with the world, everything else. What are we going to see? Um, and the biggest one for me um, out of all of them is God's calling on my life and what that looks like. Um, but I believe that I'm not the only one with that. I believe God is doing a new thing in Gateway. Um, I have a list here. Let me find it. Um, we have more ministers than ever, more credentials coming in the name of Jesus, uh, more traveling. We have Zoom. We have a revival in three weeks with 10 Gateway ministers. You guys ever think you'd see that? I never did, you know. Um, so I believe God is bringing us to a different place. Um, all for him, though, main thing. Um, but even if you're not ministering, it doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for you um, or a purpose for his glory. You know, Romans 12, 4 through 6 says, For we as many members is one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts deferring according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. Don't let someone else's gift hinder what God has for you and what he's given you. I will always take my unique gift and call. It might not be yours, but I will always take that over a hand-me-down. And uh, if there's anything, I can encourage you that you do the same. Um, when I was thinking about what topic I was going to speak about, I felt God leave me or who, um, instantly Joseph came to my mind. Um, we are going to go through his entire story, 13 chapters, so buckle up. yeah, buckle up, no, <laughs> um, we're going to go through bits and pieces, um, but we are going to go through all 13 chapters or through the whole story, um, so because of that, we're not reading it all, I will just explain, Joseph was one of the 12 of I, uh, Jacob, Isaac. Um, he was one of the 12. I, he wasn't the youngest. I think he was right before age Rachel's. Um, he was favored 
He was given a one-of-a-kind one tunic from his dad. He was started a dream. Um, so many of us, the same when we choose to serve the Lord. Um, when we choose to serve the Lord, we too have favor. We have gifts that start to arise out of us depending on how obedient we are. We may even start to dream. We start to have visions, just like Joseph. Genesis 37, 9 through 11. Then he dreamed still another dream. He already had one dream, I believe. This is the next one. He still dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers. And he said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is the dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Just like Joseph, we will have times where we feel alone, where we may feel defeated, where every person is against us, especially family. It happens to all of us. Um, even though Jacob kept the matter in mind, Joseph was still rebuked by him, you know? Um, and you will have that time where it seems like you are all alone, which I feel like Joseph, in a sense, did have. Um, Luke twelve fifty three, you know, it says father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, the in-laws too, they're all there. Um, which is why if we are not vertical and in communion with Jesus, we all want to say God first, wife, kids, wife, then kids, or husband, then kids. But if we are truly not repenting, if we're not on our knees in prayer, if we are not in our word, and instead we're just taking the world's advice on who we are, we will never see God's perfect plan for our life, which is simple, to serve him. And that's it. It's so simple, but it's rewarding and pure. Um, but we will never see it if we do not have our one-on-one -on -one vertical relationship with the Lord, um, which I believe Joseph did. To know who you are. Know who you are, church. Don't worry about man's thoughts. What happens next? For the sake of time, I'll explain Definitely read it, 13 chapters, 37 through 50, Genesis, but I'm just going to go through it really fast. Give me 10 minutes, like he says. Um, the brothers seen him come from afar. They plotted to kill him. They called him the dreamer. Today, us uh, men, we read Galatians 5 in the group chat with Josh, wherever he is. Um, and it's <laughs> it said a little leaven, leaven's the whole lump. That family, I believe, was the whole bag. And sadly, it can be like that in some cases, in some people. Reuben did talk them not into killing him. But it says in Genesis 37, 23 through 28, we're going to be skipping through. I'm sorry, there's a lot. Um, we're just going to touch little by little. Um, 23 through 28. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him, that they took him and cast him into the pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked. And there was a company of Ishmaelites coming to Gilead with their camels. 
bearing spices, balm, and myrrh, on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother in flesh. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up, lifted him out of the pit, and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. The brothers tore his tunic, his dad made. They faked his death, and they sold him. He hit a bump in the road. Genesis 39, verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an official of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Joseph's whole life was twisted upside down. But what did he do? God seen him, and Joseph made the best out of the situation. Are we willing to do that, church? Pastor says all the time, make the most out of what God gives you. Whether we are serving or everyday life, make the most of everything you are given, and do it unto the Lord. Now things are going well, but then Potiphar's wife comes into the picture, trying to tempt him, trying to find her way through any crack. She could, just like the enemy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? Verse 9. This is after Potiphar's wife asked him to lay with her. Joseph says, There is no greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? As we all grow and through Christ, maturing, are we counting the cost of our actions? Are we putting God's heart and feelings before our own church? Twelve, that she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me, but he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. If there's one thing I believe Joseph is known for, it's this. It goes past even adultery, though. If there's anything that is going to bring separation and hurt God's heart, run like Joseph. Better yet, run like Forrest. You guys remember Forrest Gump when he, did, he runs past the, the touchdown and he just keeps going and going and going? Run like that. Just keep going. Run into everybody. Pastor told me this before when we did marriage counseling. When we first, me and Athena chose to get married and he did a little counseling with us. He said, if you argue with your wife and it's getting really heated, he said, run out the door. He said, just run. So, you know, there's times where we just have to run. Yeah. <laughs> know what's coming. <laughs> I need to run more. <laughs> you don't remember that? He said it multiple times to us. <laughs> know what's coming. Count the cost and react accordingly. He had the chance to literally have everything now of Potiphar's. Joseph could have said, this is my redemption, everything was taken from me, now I have everything, I deserve all this. He could have had a different mindset towards it. How many could say they've been in that place of feeling that you've been through enough, I want to live my life now, and I want it all. It's my time, and I don't care if it's wrong. How about when, opposite, how about when you do the right thing, and you do the godly thing, 
and it backfires on you. Genesis 39, 16 through 20. So she kept this garment un with her until the master came home. Then she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought us came into me and mocked me. So it happened, as I lifted my voice and cried out, that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did this to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him, put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. He hit another bump in the road. Um, and by doing the right thing, just like some of us do. Joseph is probably saying, I got five steps up, now I'm five, um, ten steps back down. Can anyone relate to Joseph in this moment? Even when you try to do the right thing and it does not work out, it seems like God doesn't see you and that you are defeated. But it says that Joseph was shown mercy by God and favor in the prison by the keeper, and Joseph ran the prison. Like it says in Proverbs, we can try to plan that way, but in the end, I firmly believe the Lord will direct our steps, and that was definitely the case for Joseph in this moment. What's next? We got the butler and the baker. They entered the prison, the butler and the baker, and they were under Joseph at the t for the time that they were there. They both had dreams, but no interpretation. Joseph interpretates the dreams. Does anyone know who lived and who died besides anybody right here? <laughs> anybody know who lived and who died, the butler and the baker? Come on. Nobody? All right, somebody in here can answer it. Don't tell me you guys don't know either. <laughs> With a lead pipe? <laughs> okay. The butler lived and the baker died. And before I got to this part in scripture, everything I was writing was going so well, but then I was still second-guessing myself. Because Joseph, even though I knew this was, like, even though I knew this was from the Lord, I still felt like, no doubt his situation was terrible, Joseph. He was in jail. But it said that he had a lot of favor. So in my mind, I think about Goodfellas. I think he's in there eating steaks, cutting garlic real thin, watching TV. I'm like, this story don't make any sense probably. He had all kind of favor. It probably wasn't like that. But it does say, when you keep reading, Genesis 40, 14 through 15. But remember me when it is well with you. And please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews. And also, I have done nothing here that they should put me into the dungeon. So that's what he told the butler to do after his dream was right. And after three days, he was back in command. The baker got hung. Um, who knows how long the butler forgot about Joseph? Anybody? Huh? Years. Two. How you know? You're reading. All right. Josh got it. <laughs> Josh got it. Two years. Two years in the dungeon. How many of you guys have been waiting for two years for something? Maybe longer. You know what I mean? Pharaoh has a dream. No one can figure it out. The butler finally remembers Joseph. 
What did Joseph say to Pharaoh? Genesis 41:16. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Even through all that, he still, I believe, never gave up on the Lord. He knew where he stood, and he knew it wasn't by might nor by power, but it was by God. Genesis 41, 40 through 11, uh, 40 through 41. You should be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. So Pharaoh had his dream, couldn't figure it out. It was Joseph's time, two years later. The dream comes to pass. Plentiful, uh, plentiful crops come, but then none at all. Genesis 42, 1 through 2. When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there, that we may live and not die. Um, whoever is going to play music, I've probably still got like 10 minutes, so if you guys can get ready, it'd be greatly appreciated while I find myself. Thank you. Much love. All right. All right, so... Jacob sends them to Egypt. Genesis 42, verse 6. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brother came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. And my question to you guys, I still have a little bit, but my question, just because that verse to me was everything, because are we willing to stand in faith for God's word or vision to come to pass in your life like Joseph did? But before I go further, I believe I need to touch on that further. Sorry, people, my eyes are not the best. Um, when it comes down to it, I don't care who you think you are or what you think God has for you. Your main concern on this earth, just like I believe was Joseph's through this entire journey that he went through from his brothers to Egypt, to jail, to everything he went through. You are a child of God. And you are here to lift up the name of Jesus, period. God may have a church for you. You may be a missionary. 
You may be a traveling evangelist. You may be the best prayer warrior, demon slayer, but before all that, you are and you always will be a servant. Don't miss that. If you did, go back to your secret place and find him again. Before any of these things, know, just like I believe Joseph, that's why I believe he had the favor. No doubt this, God knew what he was doing, I believe, but he saw Joseph's heart. He saw that he wasn't for all the things, but he was just for him. Even through the waiting, I'm sure he had times where he thought, why me, why this, why that? But in the end, I believe he stayed faithful. Genesis 45, four through eight. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me, come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land and there are still five years in which you will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now, it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Yes, Joseph was governor of Egypt, but God's plan and purpose he was the governor of Egypt, but God's plan, but it was God's plan, but it was for God's plan and purpose, not for his own. Before that, he was a slave. He lived in a dungeon. He was hated. He was rebuked. Nothing about what we do here in Gateway, not one thing that we do or what we stand for is going to be easy. And I'm speaking this for myself. Um, I've served faithfully for a long time, I feel like, like really hardcore faithfully. Um, and looking at my life, I'll be transparent. I still live day by day, hour by hour financially. I have a kid with autism. Sometimes the road looks promising. Last night, if I had hair, I'd pull it. You know what I mean? It was a bad night. I'm not going to lie. It was really bad. Huh? That's all I got. I can't. If you told me that I could have all these things, that David wouldn't have autism, if you told me I could have money, if you told me I could even have hair, but I had to get rid of my relationship with the Lord and everything that he's shown me and everything, the transformation, I would never take it. You know what I mean? Um, if, you're not, if you cannot be faithful on the road to our promise, we may never see it through. Genesis 50, 20. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring out... Bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. I believe all of us in this time have the same vision. And I'm in awe of what God is doing in Gateway and in, and in our people. I see unity coming. I see hurt relationships being fixed. I see godly change. What we're doing here is bigger than all of us. It's bigger than anything. And if we do not see it, especially in this season that we are in right now, if we do not see it and we do not recognize it, even if you don't think that there's a call in your life, which there is, if you do not take yourself out of the equation for the bigger picture, people that we encounter, non-believers, backsliders, they're going to miss it. 
And it's scary because it may be the only time they ever hear the gospel again is by you. And if you do not take yourself and everything that is holding you back from doing what we've been called to do, people are going to miss it. Not because we have the power to do anything, but you will be hindering the power of the one who lives inside you. My cry to you today is that you don't miss the big picture. We have to look past the bumps in the road and by faith know God's plan for us. It's good, it's not for evil, that he does have a plan and a purpose for your life, that if you're breathing, there is meaning. Are you willing to believe again that he has not forgotten about you? If he made everything in this world, use your brain, there's a lot of things, there's trillions of things. If he knows every single detail, if he knows every fabric that's in this rug, if he knows all these things, do you really believe that he doesn't have nothing for you? Like I said, this was me, what I was dealing with personally right now. Will you stand in faith with me today that God will see us through Gateway? That we are an end-time remnant being equipped as we speak to do only the Lord's work. If there's any bump in the road, any chain, if you recognize anything and you need help, the altars are open. They're always open. There's no, there's no bargain here. There's no, there's no rope. Pastor said that this revival is to preach like it is your last message. Treat this altar call like we're not making it to December 1st. I'm going to pray, but if there's anything that I felt like the Lord was pushing on me, like I said, this was the most fluent thing. I could have probably pulled a 10 minutes and really memorized it all just because it was just there. It was none of me. It was all of him. We are at the end of the end, I believe. Just let God in leave yourself out. Let's be pure. Let's be everything that he called us to be. So Father, I lift up everybody, this congregation, everybody in here, I lift up everybody, Father, that we do not lose sight of who you are. That even though there's bumps in the roads that we know that this is the cost of everything, that it will cost us everything, but you are so worth it, like Adam said. It's not about how we feel about you, but it's about how you feel for us that you gave Jesus for us, that we are filthy rags, but you still choose. Look at all the times you've given us that you just keep going and going and going, that it's kind of pitiful that you have to do that for us, that we just keep letting you go. We look at judges. They find you. They lose you. They find you. They lose you. I pray that we have no more of that in this church or anywhere, that we just give it all to you today, that we lay every chain down today, that we choose to say yes for what you've called us because you called us for something bigger and it's coming right now. Purify us, refine us right now in the name of Jesus. Have your way here tonight. Holy Spirit, fall in this place. Amen. Thank you, guys.